Dr. Avi Federgrun is a professor at the Columbia University School of Business. He's had a, an illustrious academic career for nearly five decades. Professor Federgrun, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Last week, you submitted an affidavit criticizing data that was used by New York State to justify its restrictions against yeshivas. Can you please tell us about some of your issues with that data, with that research? Well, um, to classify this research would be a gross uh, mistake to begin with. Okay. It is, it is a report um, in which lots of claims are being made, uh, but it definitely doesn't qualify as a research study with, of, um, satisfying any, any criteria as such. Uh, they put a few things on social media, which, as we know, is not exactly the um, format in which most uh, people of our community are operating. They made accusations about no less than 39 schools, although in a later part they were only enumerating 11, and uh, some of them weren't even schools. And the number of respondents that they got was extremely low. It's sort of averaged out, if I remember correctly, at uh, two respondents per uh, among people that are actually active and first-hand knowledge about the school system, no more than two respondents per school. Uh, that doesn't qualify as a survey by anybody's language in anybody's um, lexicon. To say that they had really surveyed the population and found that there was a groundswell of... Um, uh, criticism or if disapproval is uh, just totally baseless and certainly could not be substantiated by that survey. And um, for the for New York State to actually, uh, in their declarations, uh, state that they were, uh, to a large extent, um, uh, basing themselves uh, on that report is uh, is very. Um, not just disappointing is very is very offensive because it does it shouldn't classify as any kind of a survey that has any kind of uh, validity. They themselves admitted in prior rounds that it wasn't meant as a scientific study. Uh, the, we can ignore the term science. We don't need science for these things, uh, but we do need certain criteria and. Uh, we do need a certain validity uh, to it. You can't go, go to a couple of disgruntled friends of yourself and say, okay, will you respond to my survey? And well, I'll use it as my survey. That's not a way to conduct a survey. You know, you right. can always find, no, no matter no matter what the subject is, you can always find, you hardly ever any subject in which there is not some people that are disappointed or adverse to it. Um, that to single those out and to pick those out and to uh, re to um, present the situation as if that were the consensus view of the general population is just a gross distortion and uh, has nothing to do with what an elementary survey needs to uh, satisfy. These aren't even subtle things. As you can imagine, uh, the whole subject matter of what constitutes a valid survey and what doesn't constitute a valid survey is a, is a pretty um, um, difficult subject and, are, and, and, and reasonable people can argue about specific surveys, how 
representative they are and whether they're subject to certain problems. But this this doesn't even get to first base. Right. Uh, and, uh, and look, when we talk about scientific data, we talk about research, we're talking about guidelines that are impacting literally hundreds of thousands of yeshiva correct. students. If they're right. going to tell you, well, that was not meant as any sort of scientific basis, well, then where is your data? And if not, if you're just not using any data whatsoever, then, you know, then you're just shooting from the hip. I mean, then they're just doing it, like you said, just right. subjectively because a, a, a very vocal group, a tiny group got together and put pressure. Correct. Yes. Yes. I think that's the situation. Yeah. So uh, it's really incredible. And I'm getting, you know, the feeling that you feel that, you know, it's a real misrepresentation, uh, which kind of after the fact, they turned around and said, all right, this is not you know, actual, actually meant to be used as scientific data. I mean, as you said, 116, 116, 116 respondents to this survey. Only 44 actually attended Hasidic yeshivas. Like you said, two two or less, two or fewer responses per uh, institution. Yes. Out of There are 57,000 yes. students educated each year by the Hasidic system. Right, right. So how could this possibly be even a... But what you want is a uh, an unbiased sample Every survey targets obviously only a sample of the population. Surveys are expensive and it's, and it's intrinsically difficult to survey everybody. But you conduct a survey according to certain principles that make that at least give you a solid basis to believe that you have a, um, a representative unbiased sample. Uh, this obviously uh, violates every notion thereof. Now, you also made the point in your affidavit, which I read through, that uh, Yafid distributed the survey through its own social network, which would Correct. obviously bias the responses in their favor because it's their very own. Much so. Very much so. In general, I think uh, we can safely say that most people in our community are not uh, responding and communicating via social media. Uh, that... Uh, and That's that those true. that do have, that those that do have already set themselves apart and gone out of the machalin um, and um, good point. Therefore, represent right. therefore represent a uh, uh, it's an inherent bias. This gruntled minority that has already left the, the community. And you also pointed out that Yafet did not disclose what their actual questions were that were asked in the survey, whether they were right. even multiple right. choice or right. open ended. Right. Uh, questions which right. could be interpreted differently. Correct. So, correct. So. Um, correct. Um, so this is really um, uh, yeah, very, very badly written and very, very badly disturbing. conducted survey. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's... By an organization, by an organization that actually, I, I've taken a look at their website, um, seem to have quite some resources and should be able to conduct a should be in a position to conduct a, uh, a reasonable survey, or if not, just um, be be silent and stay out of this. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, now, but 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 you know, as is often the case, it, uh, it doesn't take much to cause damage, and they have they have caused damage, and it's now incumbent upon our community to um, to unveil this. And in that sense, right, exactly. We're, we, now we have to fight back, obviously, and that's what's been happening. It's been an ongoing saga for years, but obviously at this point it's gotten very, very 
precarious. It's getting to you know to to the point where they're very very close, obviously, and they've already passed these restrictions, uh, despite hundreds of thousands of uh, responses uh, by our community. You yeah. know, when the state asked yeah. for you know, the, but but that didn't matter yeah. to them. I, I guess the question would then be, if you're pointing out that Yafid had the resources to do a much more robust, much more sophisticated survey, did not do that. I mean, clearly that would uh, suggest that they have an agenda. But I guess the question really is, as far as the state goes, you know, do you have any thoughts about what their real motivation is? Well, that becomes speculative. I have my theories about what's going on with the state, as I have my theories about what's going on with the New York Times and its attempt to make story after story against the Hasidic population. Um of course, though, that is speculative, so maybe it's better not to go in, into, into those, those topics, but it is certainly ominous that, uh, as it could be, as, uh, that, um, as an Orthodox community, and I consider our entire Orthodox community as one, um, we are one clow, and, um, anybody who believes that, uh, only certain segments of that clow is being targeted is, uh, I think heroically naive. Uh, it, uh, um there is a uh, there is a, a philosophy in the in the world at large that uh, believes that uh, our value system is not appropriate and that we're not uh, and they're fighting our value system and uh, that only the the value system that the other side has is to be applied and to be implemented and that's that's part of a culture uh, camp, as they call it. Uh, yes. And so uh, the state um, has embarked on that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, it's and an it, attack on our culture. Yeah. It's an attack on Torah values. No question about that. Correct. Correct. Now, Correct. let's discuss the question of poverty levels, which you also addressed, and income levels. You also addressed that in yeah, your affidavit. Yes, please yes. go. So, there, there, so while we can argue. There's actually no argument, but while, while the issue of the survey is, is one issue uh, and what are the educational accomplishments and what is being achieved in our schools is a, is one matter of uh, discussion, but they also didn't confine themselves to that. They wanted to show that uh, people coming out of the um, yeshiva system, in particular the Hasidic yeshiva system, are grossly unprepared for uh, to cope with um, um, the economy as such when they're growing up. And as uh, part of that evidence, they um, they made a claim about uh, there is tremendous poverty in the uh, city communities. Well, that defies the official statistics that are coming out of records. And um, uh, I, I, by no means have been the only one to point that out. Many, I think several people have pointed it out. And just you just look at what is the average income? What is the median income? In uh, um, I'm, I'm actually referring to statistics made by, not by me, but uh, by uh, institutions like... Um, uh, Was it the Pew Research? Yeah. Yes, which is a very reputable institution whose findings is being, are being used by lots and lots of... Um, uh, public policy uh, and, and community leaders. Um, it makes it does a survey every seven years. So the last two surveys were in the years 2013 and 2020. And in fact, the, the surveys have um, 
have been very meaningful in terms of a lot of observations that I've made, in particular how the general Jewish community is moving and uh, its different segments. But as part of their survey, they, at least in 2013, they uh, split out incomes by the Hasidic community um, versus other segments of the Jewish community at large, be it um, be it um, other types of Orthodox Jews, be it uh, uh, Reformed Jews, Conservative Jews, Jews without uh, nomination. And uh, uh, the numbers show that the uh, comparison, that, that, that uh, incomes are very uh, comparable uh, and uh, maybe slightly less, but not, not grossly less than uh, that what we see in other, in other segments. Uh, so uh, those claims of poverty are just very easily subjectively incorrect, uh, and it's it's a very basic uh, basic fact of uh, a basic issue of comparing numbers. We don't have to go into a big debate about what constitutes a legitimate survey. That's a very simple observation that we can make, um, and um, um, so. Um, uh, in the in the Alfred report, in, in contrast, it is not basing itself on any public uh, data. It's just making claims uh, without any references to any databases. Um, in my affidavit and in other reports that have been issued um, uh, on on the subject, uh, we go back to the public data and to the studies like the Pew study that uh, to, to demonstrate where our numbers are coming from and that nobody's claiming numbers that are unsubstantiated. So um, this issue is uh, by which they were trying to show that people coming out of the Shiva world were unprepared to uh, be participants in the economy. This is not evidence to that effect at all because it's, it doesn't correspond with it. We have uh, Hashem is our, our, our people in our community are, are not starvingly poor. They have uh, income. This they have income. They have incomes that compare nicely with the rest of the population. Um, and um, uh, that's and uh, my David points this out. So in addition to that, one has to understand that that's all of this is achieved in a system in which um, deliberately. Um, uh, two things happen which are not which are not present in uh, the general population and that is that uh, people deliberately say we're going to we're going to defer uh, taking uh, being employed or starting our businesses for a large number of years because we want um, uh, right, we to have study other to learn in right to learn values. Call Learning yeshivas, learning kolal to do to other things. That's the phenomenon that doesn't exist in the rest of the population. And nevertheless, in spite of all that, the incomes come out to be very comparable. And the right. other thing that uh, people ignore is that, uh, to the community's credit, that should only continue and grow. Uh, we have in our communities a system in which we are. Um, um, we are supporting each other in a much to a much broader sense than than any other community in the United States does um, by by any means and by any comparison. We have a system where um, uh, people that are successful in business feel that they feel uh, 
that it is their obligation based on Torah values uh, to share in that wealth through all kinds of forms of chesed. And the, the, the chesed system that exists in our communities to help each other is just unprecedented. I'm not saying that we couldn't do even better than that. We should never sit on our laurels, but compared to what's going on in the rest of the of the United States, it is unprecedented. And even though there is that uh, safety net, which we have uh, spun to, uh, to 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 help each other, nevertheless, in spite with all of that, we are uh, we are can report and can show an income distribution that is uh, completely. Comparable to that of the rest of the of the of the of the of the, of the country. Yeah, um, excellent point. And let's also discuss the claim. And the New York Times has pounded away at this, and you uh, uh, addressed this also in your affidavit that the yeshivas are a burden on taxpayers. The yeshivas disproportionately yeah. suck up well, billions that, that of dollars probably, in funding. That, that is, of of all the claims, of all the claims that are being made, um, this is probably the most. Um, offensive and um, grossly mendacious, I would say, grossly um, deceptive uh, that that anybody's made. And this, indeed, that criticism can be (coughs) voiced equally at Yafet, who put it into their report, and also uh, to the New York Times, who of all people should know better. Uh, The numbers just speak for themselves. We as a community, for our uh, students, get uh, with all the, <coughs> um, the grants and the subsidies a total of 250 million dollars a year and when you work it out per student it comes out to something like 1500 dollars per student and you compare that against uh, what it costs uh, the city and the state to finance its its public education system um, um Actually, because we tried to be brief, we didn't even put all these numbers into into the affidavit. But even if you if you sort of do a recalculation of 2022 numbers, the gap has even widened. It's now cost about forty thousand. You wouldn't believe this: forty thousand dollars per student to wow. educate somebody in the so-called famous uh, New York City public <laughs> public school. The system. illustrious uh, New York City public school. The, the illustrious system. Um, Right, uh, the, the city and the state, in their own data, in their own reported data, uh, they spent $42 billion in this um, uh, academic year, 20, 2022, 2023, and they are responsible to cover slightly more than a million students, a million 50,000 students. So a, a simple division of these two numbers indicates that there are uh, spending forty thousand uh, dollars per per student. Uh, compare forty thousand against fifteen hundred. Um, one other way of putting it: the state should be so grateful that we're having our own <laughs> system and that we're not. And no, if we if we if we were to, in in sort of the hypothetical scenario where we were to adopt their their uh, their model and uh, let our let our let our children. Uh, uh, become part of the uh, the public school system, which they hold over our heads as being the ideal. Um, then it, it it would cost it would cost it, it would cost the state another six billion dollars, six and a half billion dollars, which they don't have. 
Um, and it, right. would, uh, it would probably ruin, it would ruin probably the state and the city, uh, city budget. So right. they should be very grateful. Right. They should, instead of people writing that we are, um, that we are abusing the system or that we, uh, that we sort of quote unquote parasites of the system, it should be very, very grateful that we're paying our taxes and all of our taxes like anybody else who is who is sending their children to the public school system and not making use of it and thereby saving the state and the system enormous amounts of money. Yeah, it's an astonishing figure, an astonishing yes. piece of piece of data. Now, as a lifelong yeah. academic, obviously you're somebody who's Makshavdis, somebody who has a tremendous amount of value and respect for it. So you, you have a lot of credibility on this subject and you see the yeshivas, you see how they function, you see what kind of results you come out of them. So do you have any you know, final thoughts in, in, in light of that? As you will note, my affidavit doesn't go and doesn't spe- specifically talk about um, what educational um, levels are being achieved and should there be 90 minutes of secular education, should there be 180 minutes, what's subject to it, that, that is not my that's not my competency. There are people that are much better specialists uh, in this, and, and and we can also argue about it. And people legitimately argue about this, right? There are people in the in the from Orthodox world who take different uh, positions on that and structure the schools differently within uh, within as Yavod itself acknowledges within the Shiva world. You have a whole spectrum of philosophies about. How much weight is given to, and how much time? Weight is probably not the right matter uh, for him, but how much time is being allocated to what subjects? And we can have a reasonable debate about that. And um, and uh, that, that that that's not for me to comment on it. And uh, I only want to say, of course, we want to try to do the best possible too, and we are doing. And there are lots of efforts. Uh, being undertaken by various organizations such as Pearls and so on to improve uh, also the secular part of the uh, education that's given. That's a whole other subject matter that uh, that is very important that needs to be engaged uh, to which I have my opinions, but they're they're no more informed than anybody else's. And uh, therefore, I, I don't engage in that. I saw my task as basically saying that that report that the state is uh, basing itself on is um, uh, hardly hardly uh, uh, worthy of the garbage can, um, <laughs> um, and and, uh, and that many of the facts presented in there are uh, totally erroneous. Okay. Uh, and um, and um, um, as a consequence, the state has no has no basis for doing uh, what they're doing, and it's very dangerous what they're doing, and could be very harmful to could be very harmful to our yeshiva education system. Yeah, and our entire community. Uh, and therefore, it ought, it, ought, it ought to be combated. Uh, it ought to be combated uh, to the nail. Um, right. And let us ourselves. We are. The other thing to remember is uh, we. Uh, we ourselves are the most interested party in making sure that our community is well prepared to um, to make a parnasa, to survive, to be law-abiding citizens, uh, which is another aspect that if we had more time and more space to do, I, I wanted to include in the report 
Another thing that uh, we should look at, an educational system is there to prepare people to become law-abiding citizens. Well, in that respect, we are a model to United States society. Our, our crime rate is far lower. Uh, I'm not saying that there's no crime in our community, but it's far lower, far lower than it's in any other segment um, of, the, of the population. And uh, as a result of what? As a result of our educational system that uh, uh, teaches people to our values and teaches people that uh, that's what belongs to you, to another person is not yours to take. And uh, that life is of a tremendous value, of enormous value. And that when, when the last thing we can do is hurt another person. Um, so um, we have a lot to be proud of. We have also a lot of work to be done uh, to make, uh, there are, it's not to say that there are no problems in our communities. There are problems. Uh, but we are the most motivated of all to work on them, and we have the uh, and we will overcome all our and leave it to us, and don't impose uh, don't impose foreign uh, models on on our system. Okay, perfect. We'll leave it there, Doctor <clears throat> Federgren. I want to just mention how much I appreciate your clarity, your passion on this subject, and like I said, the the amount of you know credibility and authoritative approach that you have to this. Uh, and I want to and, mention and again, I, I, I'm basically, I'm basically there, there is nothing about my specific field that I bring to the table. Uh, so what it is basically uh, common sense observations um, that are being put put down in in a report, and um, um, somebody just had to do it. Um, <laughs> Understood. And but but, okay. but yes, that you chose to do it. And, and that you chose okay. to spend the time here uh, clarifying all of it. I think it's going to be very, very beneficial to all the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Professor Thank you Avi Federgren uh, on the VIN News Podcast, professor at Columbia University School of Business, who's had an illustrious academic career, served as senior vice dean of the school, I believe, for five years. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.